So we're going to take a little journey here with the with these magi. People spend a lot of time trying to figure out where they came from and how many and what were they. I think uh, our, we want to look at the spiritual element of it is that they were pagans. And, they, and at that time, there was only one small community of, of humanity that knew the truth of the world, that there is one God. And that the, this God created everything, and that was the Jews. As, as uh, one of our pre- previous popes said, salvation comes from the Jews. It, he, Jesus was Jewish. And these, the pagans, however, as God still does today, works through everyone to the extent that they are able to understand without revelation that there is a God and they, there's goodness in every person, you know. And so they, to the extent that they were able to understand, they're following a star and God is using them, pagans that they are, to send a message to us and to Judea uh, later that God is going to be working also through the Gentiles and not just with the Jews. It's very interesting to see who comes and knows the truth about this child. It's revelation. Uh, It has to be revealed. You can't see it by looking at the baby. You would never know. God is completely hidden, but he does reveal it to the humble and to people you're not expecting. The other was, we heard it two weeks ago, the shepherds were, were actually saw the angels. And again, we see that the Magi have a dream of angels. So the shepherds, which as one could imagine, if one had a shepherd here, they would, excuse me, they would be lone, they would be, they smell and they, they had no education and people looked down on them. It was the, the low, low life job, the default position for somebody that had nothing else they could do. And so, but yet God chose them first. But you've noticed that the scribes, the Pharisees, probably the Sadducees, they're not mentioned, the Sanhedrin, they, a, an assembly of the religious leaders was called, but you don't see any of them in this gospel going out to search for the child. So we have a number of different reactions here. One of them is indifference, religious indifference. One is hatred, and one is searching. So we see the same thing today, you know. It, it, some people don't believe in God, but they hate him, and they're fighting against uh, Christians and the church or any religion. And though they don't believe in it, they're fighting it. You know, go figure. I can never quite figure that one out. But I think the one that really offends God the most is indifference, not to care. We don't care about you. We don't think about you. And this is basically what we see the religious leaders. They don't make the slightest effort to pursue this because the pagans are coming and God couldn't possibly speak through three pagan kings. So they just dismiss the whole thing. But Herod is worried about it. He he has a much different reaction. And it's very unfortunate because he only lives about two more years after the story occurs. He just doesn't get it. The Magi, for their part, we don't know where they came from. Uh, the, the best guess would probably be, oddly enough, Iran, which I don't want to talk about tonight, but that's, that's basically the area. Persia, you know, <laughs> I shouldn't bring that. I think I won't bring that up tomorrow. It's too, it's too depressing. But, you know, Persia's been around a long time, and that's, that, was, that was a very big center of, 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 uh, of culture. That's where, that's where the Babylon was. And any, at any rate, um, they came... 
They followed their star, whatever that means. Again, astronomers have tried to figure this out looking back in time. But the point is that they measured the heavens and could read the stars, you know, just like many cultures, the Mayan culture on this side of the water and many on the other side, look at Stonehenge and places. People looked, the, the Greeks, they all, they all knew where the stars were. They knew the constellations and this sort of thing. And so they're following whatever they were following. It guided them correctly until they got to Jerusalem and then they lost their way and they had to ask directions. This is important. Um, and uh, uh, I'm not going to tell that this year. I said every single year. Oh, all right, I'll tell it. I have to, I have to. I'm sorry, Lord. You know that there had to be a woman in this, in, in this, in this group, didn't we? Because they stopped and asked directions. My dad would drive miles before he'd stop at a gas station. I'm dating myself. There was no GPS back then, remember? Uh, those, those dark days. Um, so, but anyway, we too, in the world, there's the natural law. The fact that there is a God should be obvious to anybody who's truly searching. That must, should be obvious. That there's a God that loves us, that created us, that knew us before we were born, that died to save us, that wants to offer us eternal life, and even, even opens the clouds a little bit to show us what's coming, or the other possibility if we reject him, because we are eternal beings, and we have a choice, that takes revelation. We can't find it ourselves. We have to have someone else tell us, and that someone is God. If we are arrogant and we reject every, everything that isn't coming just from what we know or what we're expecting to hear, we're liable not to hear God. Many people reject anything in the Bible or the church or God forbid uh, because they don't want to hear anything from God and God can't get in. He can force his way in, but that ruins the whole point of existence, which is to make a choice. And even those who don't believe in God are making a choice because all of us, uh, are on a pilgrimage to Bethlehem. Every single person on earth is on a pilgrimage to Bethlehem because you may be an atheist, but at the moment of death, that comes to an end. We find ourselves at the cave of Bethlehem. Only this time, we're the one in the cave because we have nothing. We've left it all behind on earth, and what's left is our soul. Without the body, there is no hiding from who we really are. We can kid ourselves and others all our lives. If we have enough money and power, we can push everybody aside. But there comes a time when we have to see things as they really are. We're created beings. Here's the creator. And the three kings come, whatever they were, and they, they do get directions. And then they come, and then the star appears again. But see, God wanted them. They want, he, wanted, he wanted the Jews to know that there's something going on, but he didn't make it too clear. Again, we have to go seeking, and they're searchers, and they find Jesus. I had a, uh, I was a seeker for many years. You know, I was in the monastery for a couple years, and then I didn't make vows or anything. Uh, so I, when I went out of there, uh, I really wanted to be a monk, and uh, I ended up working at an airline, which is really odd because you couldn't get more opposite than what I wanted to do in life. But I used those airline benefits every year, even twice a year sometimes, I'd get, take a retreat at a different monastery or community or something. It was, quite a, it was a pretty good deal, actually. And uh, my favorite one was Conyers, Georgia, but the, but the humidity kept me from going back there. Uh, I found myself in Massachusetts. I was visiting somebody, some community, not a monastic community, 
and didn't care for that. And I, found, I got into Spencer Abbey. It's very hard to get in there, but they had an opening in their guest house about a one-year waiting list. You, I highly recommend seeing the architecture there. It's very beautiful. Uh, and I got in there for a week and uh, also uh, had a chance to talk with one of the more famous monks there. Really good opportunity. But my, my, my father, who now passed away, uh, was, in a, was a very, very dedicated agnostic. Uh, he believed God existed, but he thought he, was bad. he thought he must be a terrible God because look at the world and this kind of thing. So I rebelled by becoming a priest, you know, uh, <laughs> which is not bad. But anyway, we, we got along fine. And, uh, but I, uh, I called him, or he called me or something. I must have called him because we didn't have cell phones in, from Massachusetts. And uh, he's, I, I, he, I called and he says, so where, are you, where are you at now? And I said, Massachusetts, I'm looking for the, I'm looking for my, you know, where I want to go in life other than on an airplane. And, uh, of course, he didn't want me to leave the airlines because he got travel benefits. So he was really ticked off. I have two sisters. He tried to get them to be flight attendants. Wouldn't you know it? The one that wanted to be a priest gave him the flight benefits. So he didn't want me to find what I was looking for. But, but he said to me, he said, remember, this is somebody that didn't go to church. He said, so tell me. And we're talking on the phone. Why is it that you have to go 3,000 miles to find the will of God? And the 13 years of counseling, that was the one thing that did it. And he'd be the last person on earth I would have thought to give me the advice. Now, I could have just rejected that out of hand and said, he doesn't go to church, he doesn't pray, God can't speak through him. Want to bet? That's exactly the kind of thing that God pulls on us, is that uh, we have to be listening all the time. And the wise men symbolized the fact that God spoke in this much. It was insulting to the Pharisees right off the bat. See, they, they, they picked up real quickly that God is not going to necessarily work through the hierarchy. You know, he works through the lay people. He works through people you're not expecting. This is the way it's always been in the church. And he, uh, you know, that one comment made me think, and I started really getting more involved at that point with the local, my local church, St. Jerome over in, in um, Westchester, California, where I was living. It was, one, it was literally one, one block from where I was living, and I got real involved there and led to being here. And it really started with that comment. It got me thinking, well, I'm searching and searching, find the church, you find your vocation in the church across the street. How about that? But I think that the wise men, in, there's a lot to learn from their pilgrimage. We are, again, all on pilgrimage. We're going to show up before God, whether we know it or not. We're, he's going to judge us based on what we knew, okay? And we've all got gifts in our hands. What am I going to give God, you know? Uh, I used to laugh. We used to have the St. Vincent de Paul truck out here. Some of you may remember that ugly, that ugly honking truck. I wanted to get rid of it in the worst way when I got here. It was so ugly. But, you know, what was in it was so beautiful, right? We were giving to others, and so I said, can we at least paint this thing, you know? Uh, but um, about 3 a.m., people would drop mattresses off and put them underneath. You remember this? Can you imagine the Lord, somebody saying, uh, saying, thank you for that mattress you donated to me. You can have one just like it. it you, can, you know what I mean? It's like, thank you for this piece of junk that you gave me. Is that all that you, that's all you set up here? You know, it, what, what gift am I bringing God? In this new year, when we're all making resolutions, um, you know, I'm going to do something. I'm still settling on what it is. 
Lent is seven weeks from Wednesday. It's kind of quite a long time. Nine is the longest, so seven is pretty good. And if that doesn't work, it's kind of a mini Lent in the sense of what, what's my New Year's resolution, and then Lent's when we really get serious about it. What gift is God, you and the Lord, going to do together here? Maybe a spiritual thing, or probably 90% of us need to lose weight after the holidays. That might be one thing, but, but the main thing is what spiritually... Uh, what giftedness uh, might God be asking for, whether it's more spiritual reading or time with our family or, or some, some addiction we're trying to get rid of or get lower on. And there's any number of things we could be doing, coming to church every week. So we ask the Lord to bless us on our own spiritual journey, that we also will see the star of our faith guiding us to ask, to listen to the church for directions when we need it, and also to be thus prepared to wait for the unexpected where God will be speaking to us every day.